This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. My mother is coming to visit me in Manhattan, Kansas, also known as the Little Apple. I'm stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas, with the 1st Infantry Division, also known as the Big Red One. And this will be my mother's first visit. Tonight is the night that she's due to arrive. And unfortunately, I have post guard duty, so I have to get a friend to pick her up from the airport and to take her to my house. In the meantime, I'm at work and I'll be spending the night at the military post and I get off work at eight in the morning. Now, while I'm on post guard duty, it's my responsibility to walk around the post, check all the soldiers who are stationed at different points make sure they have their weapons, make sure they have their radios for communication and everything's in order because they're guarding the infantry post for the night. And I am the officer on duty for post guard duty. Now, when I come home in the morning, I'm thinking to myself, my mother has always seen me in what we call my class A uniform which is the dress uniform. It's a dark green, solid color, suit jacket, skirt, stockings, heels. It kind of looks a lot like a flight attendant uniform. And that's the only uniform that she's seen me in. So today, I'm going to surprise her because today I am wearing my battle dress uniform, complete with the steel pot helmet, the web gear with all kinds of field tools attached, including my compass. I've got on combat boots and I have a 45 holster on my hip. Now, of course, when I left the post this morning, I left the 45 pistol and the ammunition on post. However, I still have the 45 holster. So when I get to my house, instead of parking my car in the garage, I leave it in the driveway. I get out and I put on the web gear. I make sure the 45 holster is attached. And I put on the steel helmet. And when everything's ready and in order, I walk up to the front door of my house and I ring the doorbell. My mother opens the door and she gasps and says, what have they done to my baby? She is totally shocked. Now, I wanted to surprise her. I wasn't exactly planning to shock her, but this was the first time that the reality of me being in the military truly sunk in. Now, my mother was five foot nine. I am five foot four. She's looking over me and towering over me, seeing me weighed down with all of this stuff. And she's beside herself. And she's not so sure anymore 
that she's really happy that her daughter is in the military. Mind you, during the time that I'm serving, it's peacetime. It's post-Vietnam, and it's before all of the desert wars. In my house, I have a whole room that's dedicated to military equipment. I've got tent pieces in there, tent poles. I've got cold weather gear. I've got duffel bags filled with items because at any moment, we could be called out on an alert, which means I've got to be fully packed and in the car usually around four in the morning heading back to Fort Riley. And with these alerts, you really don't know if you're really going to be sent out on a mission or if it's just a practice session and you get to come back home. So I had a whole room filled with all of this gear. And because we had just come back in from a maneuver in the field, I also had canteens and other things draining in the dish drainer. So when I get into the house, my mother says, you cannot allow this military stuff to take over your life. She says, take the stuff out of the dish drainer and just throw it all in that military room and shut the door. <laughs> That's how much she was disturbed by this. And of course, in the evening, I would polish my boots and sit those in the hallway. She didn't even like seeing those combat boots either. I'll tell you, though, one of the things that came out of this, as I was now sharing another part of my life with my mother that she had not seen before, she actually became an advocate and a supporter, not only of me, but also of other military people. And she even created her own combat outfit that she could put together and wear. And anybody who said they were in the military, she became quite interested in them after this incident. And in fact, she passed that same interest on to my sister, who even to this day still has a military room in her house. And she also provides support to members in the military. As part of my mother's visit, not only did she get exposed to a side of the military that she had never seen before, which allowed her both to issue some warnings to me. One of the warnings was to keep my life multidimensional and not get diminished into one little spot. In other words, let your life be broader than just the military. It also allowed her, as I said before, to understand more and to provide support. My mother was a city girl from Baltimore. So being in Kansas was also an eye-opening experience. Even her flight into Manhattan was unique and it was different. She was on an airplane that had only room for two passengers. That was the smallest aircraft she had ever flown in in her life, coming from Kansas City to Manhattan, Kansas. There were two pilots, two passengers. The main pilot was a woman, which really shocked her. She had never seen a female pilot in her life as well. And she said she was scared to death flying that airplane because it was so small getting to Manhattan, Kansas. One of her other experiences was watching television in Kansas. Every day they had the farm report and there were updates on wheat and corn. And clearly there are no programs like that being broadcast in Baltimore. So that was very unique and very unusual. And then when we went sightseeing in Kansas, 
She looked around, and we both remembered that we spent many years going to big screen movies about the Cheyenne Indians and other Plains Indians and the Cowboys and Indians battles of the old Westerns. And of course, since our family is predominantly African-American and also also partially Cherokee on both sides, we were always rooting for the Indians and rarely did they actually win in those battles. And my mother looked around in Kansas and said, where are all the Indians? And what she meant was not so much the people themselves, but every memory, every vestige of their presence was gone. You couldn't even go to a jewelry store and find an Indian piece of jewelry. This was very dismaying to her to see that. And in my case, since I was in the Army, we always had a lot of parties that were country Western military functions. And we were dancing to things like the Cotton Eye Joe. And I was never a country music fan And I never really enjoyed country Western parties. So in Kansas, I created an Indian outfit to wear to these things. And I remember it was a black corduroy skirt with a ruffle on the bottom and a black and bright fuchsia pink part of the top that had these diamond patterns on it. And I found myself a leather Native American headband with diamond patterns in it and turquoise stones inlaid in it as well. It was hard to find a feather, but I actually even found a feather. So when I went to the country and Western parties, I was saying, you know, there were Indians here at one time, and I just want to acknowledge that. All of this I'm sharing today in memory of my mother, because my mother, this would have been her birthday, the 4th of June, If she was still living, she'd be in her 80s now. One of the things I remember is I shared vignettes of my life with her. She expanded and grew. And she also shared perspectives with me so that I could continue to expand and grow. So the bottom line is, even though you are a business leader, share your work life with those who you love, with those who are close to you. Let them have an appreciation that's deeper for what you do day to day. Listen to their perspectives as well. You both will grow, you both will develop, and it will forge an even deeper bond. Even though my mother is no longer here with me physically, I still have the memory of these wonderful stories. And I always laugh when I think about the look on her face when she opened the door and I was standing there in this combat uniform. So create wonderful memories for yourself that you can carry with you for your entire life. Thanks for joining me today. You are the instrument of your leadership. And so I invite you to read a complimentary chapter of my book, Lead Yourself First, The Senior Leader's Guide to Engaging Your People for Greater Performance and Impact. And here's what you'll get from reading the book. You'll get some perspectives on how to leverage your unique gifts 
and superpowers. Also, how to mine the gold of your past experiences overcoming challenges. And thirdly, you'll be able to identify the continual learning that will catapult you to your next victory. So to read that complimentary chapter, go to my website, www.transleadership.com, scroll down the homepage and click on the button that says, read a chapter. And I look forward to meeting you inside the book. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.